The Sacred Changemakers podcast is supported by Coaches Business School, helping the world's most caring coaches build a purpose-driven and profitable business that makes a meaningful impact in our world. Check out their unique frameworks and methods to help you transform and grow your business. Now is the time to build a bridge from what you want in life to include what the world needs. You can do well in business and do good, and together we can make a meaningful difference. Find out more at coachesbusinessschool.com. Hey there, and welcome to another insightful and transformative episode of the Sacred Changemakers podcast. In this episode titled The Heart Economy, How Heart Leadership is Shaping Our World, we're joined by the remarkable Arno St. Paul, a visionary speaker and advocate for unlocking the power of the heart. Arno's passion is to open billions of hearts and help them find harmony inside and out. Living between Los Angeles and Paris, he's a philanthropist, having begun the not-for-profit Give Nations Global Social Impact Project with the goal of making a positive impact for a better human existence. And he's been an award-winning serial software, finance, and social impact entrepreneur for more than 20 years. Now, Arno started his quest at 13 years of age to live through his heart. And throughout his career, he's directly helped hundreds of individuals and inspired more than 50 million people internationally to connect to their heart through his company, Tapuat. As founder of The Heartful Method, Arno now helps entrepreneurs build a new heart-based economy with clients around the globe. He's the author of several books, including his upcoming book, The Heartful Method for Entrepreneurs. Now, in today's dialogue, Arno reminds us that every single person is a seed of love, but many of us have yet to fully recognize this for ourselves. He believes that to grow beyond self-identification, we must acknowledge the limitless aspects that lie within each of us. It's a journey of embracing both our finite human experience, but also our infinite, peaceful and loving nature. But how do we navigate this delicate balance? Well, according to Arno, one key is to not take ourselves too seriously. And you'll hear us talk through this in the conversation. He invites us to take the path of expansion and simplicity, leading us back home to our true selves. You'll hear how his methods have helped individuals achieve their visions faster by receiving support from the world without, let's just say, the usual struggle. And Arno kind of takes us deeper into his philosophy. We learn about expanding our perception beyond the usual five senses and accessing other timeframes. It's a profound shift where every one of us experience a playful dance, offering us a wider and deeper understanding of everything. Now, as you've heard me say, he has this expansive mission as a change maker to help 1 billion people open their hearts to themselves and tap into the heart economy. And you're going to hear him share stories of how his method has transformed lives, leadership and businesses. And, you know, with 30 years behind him of research and tools, he guides leaders now towards rewiring themselves, becoming more connected to their hearts and through doing that, unlocking a new level of success. So join us as we embark on this captivating journey to explore how embracing the heart leadership 
can truly shape our world to be a better place, to bring about abundance, joy, and even peace as we delve into the powerful potential of the heart economy. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Arno St. Paul. Hey Arno, welcome to the Sacred Changemakers podcast. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing amazing and I'm super happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. As I was deep diving into your work, I was seeing such like stellar alignment between what you're up to in the world and also what we're up to at Sacred Changemakers. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Now, our listeners have just heard your professional bio. And, you know, one of the things we like to do here at Sacred Changemakers is kind of go beneath the surface a little bit. So I'd love it if you tell us something about the real life human that lies beneath that bio. Who's he? Ah, interesting question. It's uh, an entity, a consciousness that is trying to figure out how to be human. Uh, he still has all the characteristic of a human besides having this body. He has two kids, uh, 17 and, uh, and 19. And uh, he's looking to understand how living every day through his heart makes sense or not. And how is it that this world doesn't get it yet? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I just love so much about that. So I've got to ask, you know, what is it on your life journey that has brought you to this, this heart-based, heart-opening work? My friend, well, I don't have a choice. My life brought me to that. I mean, it actually started at my birth, and that birth was most likely happened because of other aspects or other circumstances. And when I was thirteen, I woke up spiritually and uh, was and became really quickly obsessed by how can I live through my heart. And again, as I said earlier, trying to understand, figure out what is that human journey and uh, came different charts that would help me understand in a simple way how this whole thing works. And so, you know, one thing after another, life guiding me on that process, stumbling a lot, like a lot. <laughs> uh, I started to be reborn to myself one time and then another one and then another one and then every week every day every minute and um, each time hopefully expanding it a bit more uh, and and becoming more of myself and come like a bit like returning back home right uh, letting go of uh everything from projections that others can put on oneself or the projections we put on others as well and on ourselves as well. So letting go of all that and entering into more and more communion with oneself, you know, becoming present to my essence and, and that peace that is within that uh, is the, the core of my perception of my experience of my being which, you know, according to my framework, now that I am mature, <laughs> uh, is the same that we all share. And, uh, and, and nowadays, as a consequence of all that, is 
I am bound to help as many people as I can to connect to that beautiful heart of theirs. It is the best gift I can give and I can receive at the same time. So I'm on that quest now and uh, I can't do anything else than that, which is to help in a very grandiloquent manner, uh, 1 billion people to open their heart to themselves, which is probably the best gift I can offer to anybody in any society and that I can offer to myself because that would be an amazing world to live in. So here we are. So I I love that when you just said, you know, now that I'm mature and then kind of giggled. About it. Like, what, where was that coming from? Because very often in the spiritual traditions, you know, we get very serious about, oh, like this is, oh, like, you know, there's like a, a serious, almost sometimes like a heavy undertone. And then here you are taking yourself like really lightly. What's well, that? The thing is, <laughs> you know, as we grow up, right, in, 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 in the way I grew up, and I'm not talking about my education or, you know, mm-hmm. the, this constant re- rebirth to oneself you start getting a new perception of your eye of that experience and deeper ones and wider ones, I guess, that goes not only deeper in the present moment where we start uh, accessing the different layers of of each moment, but also um, going beyond the usual perception of these five senses and uh, starting to access other time frames, other so again, a deeper, wider perception of everything. Mm-hmm. And, and so all of a sudden, each experience becomes a play. It's a dance with ourselves. Nothing matters and everything matters at the same time, obviously. <laughs> and from that viewpoint, it's so laughable <laughs> because it's amazing and beautiful and harmonious. And then at the same time, so tiny. And there's nothing to be serious about. When we are serious, yes, we, we, we identified so much with that, what is unfolding, that we lose ourselves, really. Uh, the, the, the whole thing, the whole secret of life, if any, that needs to be shared in this moment uh, with your amazing audience, is you know life is a playground uh paradise is here now heaven whichever you wanted to call it it's a beautiful amazing opportunity to remember myself all over again and that journey back to the the pristine love that we are uh, that is ours that is this heart that is beating for us every single time you know, that heart that is contracting, expanding, silence, question, do we want to expand? Well, it's there. So why don't we enter, attune ourselves with it and, and enter into coherence with it and then grow with it? Because it's a bloody amazing journey. <laughs> There's so much about what you've just shared that I just love. And, and, you know, when I look out into the world today and I just see like the average Joe, 
I don't believe that the systems and the world we've created as humans perpetuates that notion that, you know, that perception that you're talking about here. It's almost like it's the opposite. It's like, so my question is, can we hold the paradox of everything that's bombarding us with media and climate change and inequalities and all the challenges that humans are facing, not just leaders, but humans are facing today, and shift into this space that you're talking about, which feels like a, a very different relationship with life. Let me just put it that way. And with yourself. Yeah. yeah yeah and and the answer is yes 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 <laughs> you can i mean the thing is every person that we look at or ourselves we are seeds mm. seeds of love but just seeds and they, we haven't recognized ourselves yet again and for that seed to grow right it, to grow beyond the, the, the scope it has been accustomed to and has agreed to these walls of identification we are bound by to know myself as Jane or as I know or as whomever. So we can grow beyond that. And as we grow, we start becoming aware of this other aspect that is not finite that is infinite, that is there too. It's the love that we have from our mother that is completely unconditional if we look at it from a physical standpoint. Uh, but it's way beyond that. And that other aspect of ourselves is there, has always been there. We've always been there. And both together are true. Not only the finite experience, the human one, these fights and struggles and difficulties, perceived difficulties, these contrasts that helps me to understand who I am, and that complete peace, presence, joyfulness, uh, unconditional love that is part of me too. And I can be both at the same time. I can be aware of both at the same time. It's not that difficult. One path to that is to let go of taking ourselves too seriously. But there are more paths than that also. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we can choose that path. Now, the question could be, you know, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm going after my vision and this is serious and, you know, you don't want to talk about things that are whether too soft or too woo-woo or whatever. Sure, yes, of course. And... It happens that, at least for all the people that are following that framework that I work and work with, that I put together in the past 30 years, they go way faster towards the completion of their vision because the whole world wants to give them what they want and not being a fight, not being a struggle or hassle. So it's always a choice. Every individual, every consciousness has a choice and it's each of us at each moment have the opportunity to choose between that expansion and that contraction I was talking about earlier. 
the question is, do we want to get into more expansion, but like going down the path of, of a mountain, right? It's not going up. On the contrary, it's going down. It's coming back home because all that you are seeing, all these visions that you have for your company or your, your personal life is actually coming back to it because it's already played out. It's already manifested. We just have to come back to it. And so that's completely backwards from what we like to think and the way we have been trained for, but it's on purpose uh, and not for the type of purpose you would think. Uh, But once we start thinking that way and living everything that way, everything becomes much simpler. Now, there's three themes that I heard you speaking about there that I'd just like to underline for our listeners and one of them the beginning one was um this holding the paradox of different polarities which to me is a is a big kind of calling or an invitation for leaders today right so that's number one Mm -hmm. number two I heard you talk about you know actually confronting reality as it is Mm-hmm. Right. So actually standing and facing exactly where you are, exactly what's happening within and around you. So I heard that this internal and external at the same time. And then the third thing that I heard you talk about was once you've done that, then it's now a, you're at a choice point a threshold where you can consciously and intentionally decide how you respond. Yes, brilliant, he said. The the paradox part, I'm going to open that box. Mm, Please do. Time. Uh, If if my relationship with myself and with life in general, my reality, has a dominance that is linear, meaning dominated by the masculine polarity instead of the feminine one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Being able to live or experience a paradox is very, very difficult or nearly impossible. Mm -hmm. We have to get into a new paradigma that is based on vibration or on holistic, so to speak, where everything seems to be and is not, and it is. So we're talking about physics, you know, normal physics, conventional physics against quantum physics. So here we're in the quantum physics world. And in that world, both states can be lived at the same time. And then there is a choice, as you were saying. Once we have observed the both states, all of a sudden, boom, there is a collapse of the wave. And then we have a particle and HOS has been made, which is what we call reality today. So... Uh, indeed, if we live in a state of paradox, when we are able to allow ourselves to be more conscious of what is and accept what is as it is, as you were saying perfectly, meaning not having interpretations or judgments or anything related to it, it is what it is. For instance, what it is, is that at the moment, the planet is having some Uh, climate uh, issues from the relationship of the human to this this climate, right? The planet itself is okay, but the the human's habitat has a little of an issue. 
And so this is what it is, no choice there, right? And from there, I can decide indeed how not, not that I react from an emotional standpoint, but more what is the action I can take, whether thought, emotion, or actual physical action uh, towards um, incarnating what needs to happen for this thing that I'm looking at to be sold or lived better, et cetera, et cetera. So, and once I start that journey, all of a sudden, coincidences or serendipities happen and, and things start to come together more easily. Mm. It doesn't have to be a fight. On the contrary, it's going to be a lot faster, a lot easier for you and any other person if you actually embark on that heart leadership journey because it's going to be everything is going to be made through love instead of um, survival and 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 fight and so on. So what I'm hearing you also say now is that so or where I'm jumping to, I guess, from my own experiences, is this idea that everyone lives in their own reality. Yes. Right? And it's ours to create. Yes. Uh, in every individual, every I, uh, is a vibration. It's imagine a chord, like a tuning fork, and each is different. Each heart is, you know, the heart, uh, uh, um, the heart rhythm is unique for each individual. So, um, likewise, we imagine you have that your tuning fork. It's the only one on Earth across time, etc. And with that tuning fork, you play it. You are playing it every single second, every single moment. And around it is uh, this amazing orb of magic that is your world. It's not magical. We call it reality and it's very tangible. It's a table, it's a, it's a chair, it's a bank account, etc. And that world is talking to you every single moment, showing you the path to yourself. And if you were to listen, you could thread on that path in a, such an easy way to help you remember the amazing being that you are. Because the only thing that the world wants with that tuning for is for it to be bigger <laughs> and wider. Right. That unique vibration that you are the only one that can bring to the world. So all these ideas of, you know, I'm not worth it or um, et cetera, et cetera. And I've been through that too. They are beautiful constructions of our mind, but the truth is elsewhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, like the X-Files, the X I think if I remember correctly, the series. Uh, so... Yeah, we there is a reality we which is a lot more silent and less noisy, therefore, that is there, that is underlying everything. And when we tap, we start tapping into it, 
it's absolutely amazing what can happen. What happened in my brain then when you were talking about individuals and all of us, I mean, we've all been through the imposter syndrome, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy of this, whatever it is, you know, the remnants of our childhood that's still active in our adult life. For the first time, I think, I felt like that's actually an invitation. It's an invitation to, and I know this is a word you use, coherence. Mm -hmm. It's an invitation to awaken to a different reality, to a different truth that's also there inside. That's what yeah. it felt like. I've never thought of it in that way before, Arno. Yes. The So as I was saying earlier, each moment is my reality talking to me, telling me, trying to tell me how amazing I am, potentially, but not necessarily. <laughs> but also how amazing I am through contrast, through roadblocks or, or you know, like, for instance, uh, really recently I found out that my body was dehydrated and I had to take some measures to counter that. So, you know, roadblock, I can't perform what I need to perform. And where does that come from? And how can I love myself more so that I can fulfill my mission on one hand? But also, what is that pattern that I still provide energy to by identifying to it and which therefore perpetuates perpetuates it throughout time right from moment to moment and in this case it was more this idea of uh, i feel imprisoned in in one way shape or form and so i can release that let go of it and then all of a sudden everything changes in my reality meaning that the potential is completely freed up and I can live without that contrast, without that limiting pattern. We have that possibility. We have that power that is completely pragmatic. I'm talking about, so that CEO that came to see me had uh, a in, integrity issue. We worked on it because his life showed us that. Worked on it. Next day, he got a contract for a few million dollars. It just happens in out of the blue. It was not like, you know, he would have come and said, no, out of the blue. So, and nothing that's going to happen for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer. <It was> this <laughs> time, <laughs> that's the caveat, right? Uh, yeah. Let's put the legal stuff behind. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so the, the thing is, we have that tool inside ourselves that is there. I've lived it. I live, I mean, the people I'm working with live it as well. And I want to share that as much as possible because, you know, uh, who shouldn't be uh, using that today? Everybody, more so when we have these challenges in front of us, which are not challenges, they are opportunities to know ourselves. So, mm, okay. So, I've just got to ask you this very simple question. Um, and I've already got a sense of where we're going to go, but what has this got to do with leadership? Why? Are you bringing this like incredible body of work to leaders? They are the ones, according to what I can see, that need it most and are the most incentivized. Mm. 
to apply it. I could go to any individual on earth. Mm-hmm. That's not a problem. But I have that little thing, uh, that life, little life purpose to help 1 billion people to open their heart to themselves. And without leaders, I can't do it myself because I, I'm not pretentious. I'm not that pretentious. <laughs> uh, so by helping leaders and these leaders helping their teams and, and so on and so forth, I do stand a chance to f- figure out my little thing there. But more importantly, they can be the ones that can bring that to many, many, many more people. Nowadays, my clients, the oldest clients, are actually using my method with their wives, with their siblings, with their their team, etc. So uh, it's already happening, and so it's super cool, mm-hmm. and and everybody is happier, which is you know happier and more thriving, and, and so on and so forth. So I guess you know it's working. And uh, and I think leaders do have the incentive because they want something very dearly, right? They have this vision. They want to see it happen in the world. And we can go the conventional way. It's not a problem. It's filled with struggle and pain. But, you know, consciousness wants that too. Or we have another way to make it happen faster and easier. Mm. Mm. So our title of our conversation today is The Heart Economy, How Heart Leadership is Shaping Our World. And we're starting to kind of dip our toes in the water of this space now. But I just have a very simple question, because when I look at that title, there's kind of two elements to it. There's the heart economy and there's heart-based leadership. And my question is a bit chicken and egg. Which comes mm. first? <laughs> is it the leaders that create the heart-based economy, or do we already, you know, have some some elements or nuance of a heart-based economy, like where we're headed in the future? And the leaders need to like, how does that work? <laughs> so, do you know how we are born, physically speaking? So there is first, there is the seed that happens and encounters the little egg and then they do their little thing. And then at some point, um, I think five weeks in or something like that, the heart makes boom, boom, Mm. the very first time. And then everything grows. And then nine weeks after, then the brain starts to do its thing. Awesome. And then go up, we go, we become babies and whatnot. For this being to be, first came the heart, and then the brain came. The heart economy is there to show that we are already pouring our hearts in the economy. It's already there. We just don't know it. We haven't named it that way. We haven't figured out that every day we're taking decisions our heart on in our arm, so to speak, doing our best uh, to help our fellow humans, the world, whichever, and convey the best culture we are able to, right? I think it's fair to say that. And my purpose there is to help people realize that the heart economy already exists. It's a big chunk of what is what we call the economy. And if we pump up the volume a little bit further and we go deeper into heart leadership indeed, 
by activating or tapping into that inner genius we were talking about earlier, I mean, this can blow in so many beautiful ways mm. and very positive ones, actually. So um, it's, it's, it's a bit going from a place of difficulty, scarcity, survival to a place of abundance and growth and thriving and, and inner joy and peace and presence and so on and so forth. So th that heart leadership is there to indeed drive as many people as possible uh, into a place where presence, uh, inner joy, inner peace, dharma, selflessness, uh, unity becomes important or becomes guidelines towards a more abundant and thriving life whether it's personal or professional, it's the same thing, right? And by doing so, society transforms as well once we are getting at a certain size, right? And, uh, and so I, I believe it is important that we realize now that we are already living with the best love we can, uh, our society and, and economy, and now it's time to get deeper into that work. Oh gosh, I love that. And I think you started to mention there, you know, I, one of the things that I love about your work is these leadership, seven transformational principles that kind of guide your work in this space. I wonder if you could just walk us through some of those so our listeners can get a sense of, yeah, you know, the because the thing is for me, sometimes if if people are not aware of this kind of deeper sense of reality this different perspective then often it can just be dismissed because like you said right at the beginning very much very often in organizational life leaders can just go oh well that's a bit too woo woo that's a bit too soft like you know we're here to perform and and all the masculine kind of energies that we have embraced in organizational and leadership life and this can be seen as, well, it's a bit soft. It's a bit soft skills. It's a bit feminine. Like, I don't think that's us at an identity level. And what I loved about your principles was it's like grounding this in reality. So I wondered if you'd share a little. It's the foundation mm. of reality, right? So it's, right. yes, you can build a castle uh, on top of it. Maybe it's made of cards and then it falls down. Uh, <laughs> or you use the bricks of your foundation to really build something that is everlasting and ever growing. And that's, that's the challenge, right? Uh, what do we want? Again, contraction or expansion, always the same choice. The, so yeah, after 30 years of, of research, I not only did I get these charts that helps me to help a leader rewire himself uh, to his reality uh, to his new reality, and uh, have books as well around that topic and then we created an assessment which helps us to decipher against five seven pillars uh where do, where are we on our journey towards more heart leadership in other words a leader that is deeply or not connected to his heart in his day-to-day Right, that's the question mark that we're asking, and so through thirty-five questions, um, yeah, I know it's a bit long, but you know, uh, 
we are able to measure a little bit against uh, presence. So that sense of inner presence. Mm -hmm. Are we present in this moment? Are we connected, uh, grounded to this moment? Uh, are we in line with what is instead of what could be or what has been, etc.? What is just now? Um, selflessness, this is a very interesting one. Are we identified with past stories when we're taking our decisions on a day-to-day? -day? Is it that old me that is actually taking the decision now? Because one thing that I know for a fact is that any event contrast that we're having in our life every day, any situation that is triggering us is never about business, ever, at all. It's always about us and how we see the world, our inner beliefs, patterns, etc. So we can release them and all of a sudden business thrives. It's, uh, it's very, very simple. So selflessness, non-attachment. In the end, to be optimal, right? We need to be optimized in business, right? Well, if we want to be optimized, therefore everything should be equal. Every event should be equal so that we can optimally respond to them, right? Not be engaged, emotionally engaged, whether towards uh, downwards or upwards, so that we can be uh, at ease with everything and we can connect to inner peace, which is the way for us to follow our vision, our purpose, our dharma. That life purpose that animates us, that that tuning fork that I was talking about, that that tune that is ours, that uh, that little um, I, I don't have the word in English now, but the little cable that we uh, you know that the uh, the spider puts there and we follow it, yeah. mm -hmm. um, and this is supremely important. I mean, it took me forty years to figure out what's my life purpose and. You know, I have a lot of zigzags to get there. <laughs> now I kind of know where I need to go. Uh, so it's it's super important to to do something that is in tune, in coherence, in alignment with that core essence, that core music that is within ourselves. So Dharma is amazing, is important, very, very important to to be aware of. And then we have others like unity, that sense of unity that may be felt as peripherals. And indeed, it's a, um, a pillar that activates later when we have gone through uh, the other ones uh, before. Um, we have inner joy. Why not, right? What if, what if I can live every moment from a place of joy? That doesn't mean that I'm not less effective or less productive. On the contrary. I'm doing happily and it happens that I'm doing it in coherence with all of myself and not just a little part of me, which is that ego mind that we have been talking about. And uh, yeah, I think that's already a good start. That's great. And, you know, as you're speaking here, I, 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 I hear the, it's almost like an invitation to do our own inner work, to reconnect back to the heart and, and kind of open in a different way that can shift our relationship with reality. I get that. But what we haven't spoken about is that, I mean, you mentioned it there, unity. Because for me, when you do that, 
it takes us away from this hyper individualism that we mm. all live within and kind of opens the door to the collective, right? Whether that's collective intelligence or service in the collective, whatever that is, it's like this journey that starts with me, but ultimately opens me to the we and the mm -hmm. interconnectivity of all things, which when I think about the world today, feel, and then when I think about business today, you know, one of the things I often say is sometimes it feels like we've just lost our soul, <laughs> right? Somehow, right? And that's what I'm feeling in, in the, in the very core of your work is this invitation. Like you can't go to the, like this, this is my words now, you can't go to the we unless you fully embrace the we, the me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? It's the me yes. that, that gives rise to the emergent we. What would you yeah. say to that? Is that in, a, in alignment with? It's completely in alignment. Right. As mm. I discover that love for myself, and not in an egotistical way at all, but like getting back, going back to this inner love that is there, that seed that I was talking about earlier, right? That light, that, that light beam right. uh, or pillar of light. So all of a sudden, you, I can access everything. Everything meaning the whole world is within me as well as outside. We're talking, we're going back to the paradox thing. Uh, and all of a sudden I am completely opened to all that is, AKA the we. So automatically I am in service from a place of love and not from a place of a lack of something of looking for love or whatever, from a place of love, I am in service to all that is. Because that's the only thing I can do. It is to be in flow with myself. And that flow of life drives me to where I need to be and act and do what I need to do. Again, ease. And a full healing ease. It's pure beauty and joy to live that every moment. It's so elegantly stated, the way that you talk about this. It just feels so true, is <laughs> the word that's coming up for me. It feels like, like you said before, coming home to ourselves, coming back to the truth and kind of unlearning some of the things that we think we should or you know, whatever that might be, how we've been shaped and whatever by the world, but underneath everything, there's just this this truth that you're mm -hmm. coming back to, mm -hmm. which I, I just love that. I really do. So, oh no, my gosh, this conversation has just been so amazing. I, I love everything about it. And before we end, I, I want to, I want oh. to ask you something. I know we're getting to the end, but before before I get to our final question, 
You're really reminding me of my body of work around resonance, where I work with nine different levels of energy and nine levels of consciousness, bringing in, of course, some of the greats like David Hawkins and Ken Wilber and, you know, Richard Barrett and different people that have worked in this space. And of course, quantum and even Vedanta and the chakras are in there as well. Mm. And when I talk about the heart, one of the ways that I've I look at it over the years is I I see it as if I was to think of these levels of energies as the polarities, you know, up at level eight, we have the spiritual unity consciousness and, and down at level zero, ground zero, we kind of have the survival physical energies, right? So you can kind of see those as polarities and heart in the middle at level four. I always see that like the bridge. I see mm-hmm. it as the bridge energy bridging the spiritual consciousness with the physical reality mm-hmm. and i'd love to hear what your sense of that is because for me if you don't open your heart i don't know that you can ever kind of open enough or have enough compassion for yourself and for others to really step into the spirituality intellectually you can get it in your head but the embodied sense of living this you have to open and travel through the heart to do that it's a key piece Mm -hmm. just like in if we're traveling in the other direction and we've someone who embodies unity consciousness but they want to achieve something in the world again you need to come down through the heart into the physical space to mm-hmm. actually move into action and, and manifest and create something in physical reality. Mm-hmm. What's your sense of that? Because it feels like we've got a real alignment. <laughs> said it all. I have nothing to add to what you just said. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. That's that's great. Um, so I have loved our conversation and gosh, I could talk to you all day. But before we finish, let me ask you my one final question, which is just simply this, you know, if there's something you would have wanted to share with our audience today, maybe we haven't had time to get to it, or maybe it's just some words of wisdom you would like to leave our listeners with, what might it be? You have listened to this podcast. Uh, You have invested the time for it. And uh, thank you for that. And we thank you for that. Um, This podcast is the opportunity, maybe, to change path or accelerate your path towards more of you, towards more of this amazing, beautiful, wondrous heart of yours. And whether working with whichever path and method and practices that uh, there are in the world, and all of them are true to you in any case, uh, please, uh, it's time to activate this amazing aspect of yours, to open up to it, to let go of the old ways of thinking and being and identifying. And become or or realize that amazing beacon of light that you are in a very, 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 very business standpoint. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you can be a beacon of light and a leader. <laughs> yeah, 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 completely, completely. So uh, everything that I do is very pragmatic. It's completely connected to what is now. And it's not, you know, spiritual, uh, only a spiritual talk. We're not talking about the Vedas or the Tao and so on. We're very grounded here. And this reality is there for you now, if you choose to. And, and it seems definitely worth it. Yeah. And it seems to me that, you know, when I think about leadership and the challenges that we're all facing today, you really have some amazing medicine <laughs> for people on oh, no, earth. It's so needed in in organizational life and business as a whole, you know, right from the so the small business owner right to the global corporation. So I love the work that you're up to. Thank you so thank much you. for everything that you're doing to make our world a better thank place. You, thank you, thank you. <laughs> okay, guys. That's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening in. Now, before we go, I do want to remind you that all the resources and links for our guests are in the show notes at sacredchangemakers.com. So please do go there because you will see the books from Arno. You will also see the link to his heart-based assessment. So you can go and find out exactly where you are now. So I do encourage you to go and do that. A big thank you to the members of the Sacred Changemakers in the Circle who are our podcast sponsors and our extended community who are helping us to make a global impact aligned with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, all visible on our website. And if you're looking for more soul in your life and business, if you have a sense that you have a deeper purpose, a calling, maybe you're here to make a bigger impact or simply connect with others on your change-making journey. If our episode resonated with you today, I hope you'll consider joining us. Again, you can find out more at sacredchangemakers.com. But for now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening in. Thank you for your intention and efforts to make our world a better place. Until next time, lots of love.